Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting. When we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by A Kid's Book About, a collection of beautifully designed books that kickstart challenging and empowering conversations between kids and their grown-ups. It's no surprise that we like talking about the hard stuff with one another, with you all, and with our kids, which is why this new series has resonated so much with us. A Kid's Book About releases new books every month from experts and authors who bring their personal stories, practical wisdom, and childlike playfulness to the page. They explore topics like belonging, feminism, body image, racism, gratitude, and beyond. Life is complicated, and their mission is to help kids and their grown-ups have honest conversations about things that matter, and we think that's pretty cool. So visit today's show notes to learn more. Now, on to our episode. We're back. We're back. Yay. Feels I, good to be here. I missed you. I did not miss you at oh, all, oh, but I'm tired I, of you too. I missed our listeners, friends family, anyone listening to Sunny this. Sunny weather. I feel like we're moving towards that oh, now. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yes. Um, but if you are new to upbringing, welcome. We are sisters and moms to a three, four, five, and six-year-old who both inspire and challenge us every single day. Mm-hmm. A lot. <laughs> yes. um, we wanted to briefly acknowledge our privilege in getting to talk about this as our job. Yes. Which is pretty amazing. And also just a quick disclaimer that though we have many certifications, we are not licensed therapists or MDs. Yeah, not yet anyway. You want to be a doctor? Mm. No, no <laughs> okay. probably not. Okay. Um, let's talk real quick about what to expect this season. This season's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. So I feel like past seasons, we've balanced our twin talks with our interviews, but this season is going to be a little bit of a shift to more mm-hmm. tactical and action-based episodes based on our freedoms. <laughs> yeah. We've gotten so much feedback from people who love the more kind of meta and personal interest episodes, but we're really eager for more in the moment help. And about setting boundaries, about supporting mm-hmm. challenging behaviors, big feelings, Not resistance. Not just the why, but the what. What yeah, to and do. And how. Or mm-hmm. no, the, the how. The, the what and how and to how. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, and I, I think that at least I am, Kelty, really excited to create each episode with multiple age groups, too, for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Multiple temperaments, multiple situations, so that no matter who you are, how old your kids are, what flavors everyone's running with, um, you know, uh, there's hopefully something uh, relevant and helpful for everybody to um, consider and um, put to use or to share with others. Yeah. yeah. So we base these upcoming podcast episodes and the bulk of our practice here at Upbringing 
on our freedoms model and our resist approach. Mm -hmm. And you can download both of those on our website. And we basically like to look at the freedoms model as, like we said, the why and the where of our practice. And we look at putting the resist approach into action as our how, Mm -hmm. especially in those really challenging moments with our kids. Yeah. And since we're unpacking the freedoms, you know, one freedom per episode this season, let's briefly, briefly, Kel, describe Mm -hmm. what the freedoms are, just in case people haven't been to our site yet. Our freedoms are basic human rights that we've identified for our kids, and they're areas of their lives that we as parents with the very best intentions always can tend to dominate or over control in. Or under control. Yes, it can go both ways. Um, And the freedoms help us to, instead of doing those things, nurture our kids' intimate and innate connection to themselves and encourage them basically to look within. Mm rather than outside themselves for the wisdom to move through the world. Those are good things that's to a, move through the goals. world with. Sure. Goals, right? So each week, we're going to run through one of the 10 freedoms and explore some ways to nurture skills and values like what we'd mentioned before, consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and also how, how we can wield our power and privilege really sensitively so that we don't under control or over control our kids' day-to-day experiences, Mm -hmm. um, especially in these spheres that we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be using uh, the resist approach in those Mm -hmm. kind of classic tough moments that tend to emerge within each freedom. You know, the ones that make us tend to resort to control, like less ideal reactions such as yelling, micromanaging, spanking, timeouts, punishments, consequences, all that, all that shit that doesn't feel so good. Yeah, but right. that we kind of do. Yeah, sometimes. we totally do. Yeah, it's tricky stuff. Um, and I also want to say, Kel, that we're going to try and keep these pretty snappy. These are not huge, deep dives, exhaustive explorations by any means. Each of these episodes is an intro into the freedom and the resist approach to kind of pique your curiosity and broaden your awareness and build some skills, inform your approach a bit. And as we're doing this, we're doing that for ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just like a little exploration that we're going to go on um, once a week and a starting point, so to speak. So um, we're hoping to expand all of this more in workshops, a masterclass, a book someday, all of that. But this is just kind of the start of it, the beginning of a conversation about this, which I'm really excited about. We will not talk this much about it for in every other episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to begin episodes this season with sort of like a hard stuff, the good stuff moment. Okay. That's something we say a lot. The hard stuff is the good stuff. And we have a lot of people say back, no. Uh, or, not yesterday. How about when, <laughs> when this happened? Tell me what's good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would kind of want like, to, I think it'll be fun if we each Couple share minutes. something. Super quick. Something that's that was kind of hard for us this week. Like in parenting? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, what, what was your hard stuff, good stuff moment? Mm, Valentine's Day. Oh, um, that's supposed to be a good day. I mean, it never really has been for me. I wouldn't say we do a big Galentine's thing, but the the struggle we had, and you were there, Kel. You, I'm mm-hmm. sure you remember and experienced your own version of this, was that we spent the day making these Valentine um, egg carton gift boxes for several like what six people eight people uh like family friends and things and we're going to deliver them with the kids uh and we don't usually do a lot of projects you and i are not projecty let's get all the crafts out and do this our kids just kind of do that stuff themselves we don't usually organize the activity it's not so guided always yeah Yeah. but like this one you know you had cut all the things to go on top of the boxes and i'd found the flowers to put the petals in and we were making cupcakes and it was just a long day and a Mm -hmm. lot of um 
you know, just disaster control kind of. <laughs> and a lot of personalities with all four of our kids. <clears throat> but anyway, so we left uh, the house to go walk and deliver all of these um, little gift boxes. I was feeling pretty good by then. Yeah. Personally. I was just happy to get fresh air yeah. and be out of the house. And But, it, you know, it was a little tricky. Everyone, including us, we were a little fatigued and tired. We were, had to each hold the the boys they wanted to be carried we had a couple gift boxes and i remember handing one to my daughter roy and um then just who's like six who's six and we just kind of kept walking and then i looked back and she had like white frosting on her upper lip <laughs> which is like the most beautiful upper lip ever to uh -huh. have white frosting on but still i was just like oh my god oh my god and i walked over opened up the container and two of the cupcakes had like just been totally licked off um, she must. She was quick, super quick. I feel super like we were quick. walking as a troop. I don't know, like two <laughs> seconds. She was so sneaky, and and I I I didn't yell. I didn't you know say anything. But I think I gave her a pretty freaked out, disappointed glance. There was some, there was some eye daggers, and I, there. and I may have said something like what what or why seriously like, or seriously yeah. like I she's so mature and just so incredible that I get taken by surprise sometimes when she does something like that because I'm just like whoa I thought we were rolling the same way girl like what uh, whoa it felt like a stab in the back to me which um, was a really good learning experience for me. But anyway, maybe not so um, helpful. Not so yeah. helpful in the moment to say that to her. So then the rest of the time she was lagging behind, very sensitive to that scrutiny, feeling like crap. It was just, it was a harder afternoon. Um, and I just, I felt bad for being so, you know, I don't normally lose my cool like that and, mm -hmm. and treat her that way. Um, and she doesn't usually do that. So it was kind of both of us doing things that we don't normally do, but that were very developmentally. Well, anyway, I'm not going to go into the reasons behind it, but that was the situation. It was hard. Tell me why it's good, Kel. Well, uh, <laughs> lots of reasons it was good. Um, mm. I think that you got to remember that she's six and not 30. Mm -hmm. She's a very responsible six-year-old, and that can be daunting. This is a good reminder to maybe be <coughs> buffing your skills around the around the snacky foods, the impulse um, control. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. Okay. And um, what else? Well, we got more cupcakes out of it because we ended up walking back and getting more to fill up the things. I feel like there were so many other funny things from that time too. Like Wilder full on dropped one of the things, and mm -hmm. the eggs broke inside it, and and then we almost drove off with one on the roof after. Um, well, and that's why Roy's licking the cupcakes was like the last straw for me. Or yeah. just like we've been through so much. We're yeah. so close to their homes. I know, and I think that uh. that was a really good thing too. That you got to circle back with her later and mm -hmm. really connect about it, and you know, apologize for giving her scary dagger Having eyes. Responded so yeah, yeah, and Intensely. and and understand understanding that why she would eat those because they're really yummy and mm -hmm. um, she'd worked really hard on making them mostly us but her a little bit too and you know th that was a good moment of connection mm -hmm. and rebuilding that you guys got to have right can yeah. you think of any other good things I think there's some good stuff in there the other kids got to <clears throat> kind of see that happen mm -hmm. and were they were sort of like really they you know they were surprised <laughs> that it mm -hmm. happened too so there's some context building for everybody around well, it doesn't, when you really think about it, it probably doesn't feel that good to eat the present you made for somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. So there was some context building there for everyone. Because I think Roy just did it. She was, the impulse was there and she went for it. And I don't think she felt bad because you, she, you know, got those looks from you, but I think it registered what she'd actually done. Mm -hmm. So she had a moment of guilt mm -hmm. about what had actually occurred. Yeah. And I mean, and as far as like, 
a natural consequence goes like besides just feeling that feeling of oh my gosh like I've not just bothered my mom, but I also like maybe let these people down that I was going to give a gift to, but we'd had some extra cupcakes to eat later and we didn't end up eating those because we had to use them for that gift. So I think, Mm -hmm. I feel like it was a nice like full circle where she realized, okay, not only did I like lose my, you know, affect the moment, but I also, okay, I'm kind of missing out a little later and it was nothing I had to do and that Mm -hmm. would hurt our relationship. So Mm -hmm. anyway, okay. That feels a little better talking about that. Thank you. I think like looking back on it too is just it's kind of funny it's gonna be like remember that Valentine's Day when where I licked all the cupcakes that's just such a Roy thing to do too where I'm just I every everything that happens with her you know quote-unquote good quote-unquote bad is just painting a more colorful picture of who she is and why I love her so much Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you love cupcakes too I do yeah (laughs) okay my hard thing was I feel like it was hard on different levels than your story was but (laughs) Justin and I had a really, really lovely date night out the other night. We went to this bar in North Portland that Justin had helped build uh, 10 years ago. It was the 10th anniversary party. And it was amazing. We got to see all these old friends. And it was just lovely just being away. We did a little crossword puzzle, had a bev. We ended up coming home a little bit late. Mom, Our mom had done, my mom had done the kids' bedtime, three and a half, five and a half year olds, and then subbed out with my dad. So she went home to bed and he was like, I'm happy to stay up and read. And um, I texted him saying, you know, just in case, uh, really keep an eye out in case one of them wakes up and stumbles out. If you end up lying down on the couch to fall asleep or whatever, like keep it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, my eagle ears are, are up. Or my, he said like my coyote ears are primed or something like that. And I was like, okay, great. That's great. Um, and we get home. And I open the door and he's sitting kind of in a rocking chair, maybe just like five feet away next to the couch. Uh, And he looks up at us and he's holding his book and he's like, hey, you guys, how was it? Whispering. And I just, I have the most horrified look on my face because I see him and then I glance down and my five and a half year old daughter is literally crouched behind his chair with this. And it's like full (laughs) lights. The lights are on. And she's crouched behind his chair with this like crazy, like devilish expression, like, like, like she was about to like pounce and lash out. And I was just like, what the fuck? And he was like, he looked so confused because I didn't know right away if maybe she'd gotten up and then had some resistance going back down and he knew oh, mom and dad are going to be home in a minute, so you can put it what down. What time was this? This is like 11.30. Okay. Yeah, or, or midnight, even yeah. close. We never stay out that late. Um, so it was really... So at first, I was like, you letting her stay up was the vibe. And then I see the confusion on his face, and he, he's, he didn't know she was there. Oh, my God. Yeah. She, she'd been hiding back there for I don't know how long. She tiptoed out of her room, walked all the way Which the length like of the house to the kitchen. Which is like peripheral vision, the right? Whole, the whole thing should be visible. There. Like, it's not like she tiptoed through all these hallways where he wouldn't be able to see or something. And he looked so confused. And I was like, she's right there. And he was like, who's <laughs> right there? And I just like ran over and swept her up and carried her into the room. Because I was like, now we're never going to get her down. Like, yeah. this is, this. she's been sitting in the living room in and then full exposed by full mom light. and papa. Yeah, and- in full light and seen us. <laughs> and it was, it was also one of those things where I was like, going to cry or going to laugh and going to rage on my dad. And... Mm-hmm. It totally wasn't his fault. And he couldn't hear the like white noise change when the door opened. And she was super sneaky. Yeah, he's kind of hard of hearing and not the like the craziest observant where like when you're a parent within those years, you're like your eagle eye. Like, you know, you have a second sense about it, you know. And uh, I was just like, (laughs) deal with 
deal with him to, I told Justin deal uh-huh. with him and uh, I like stormed <laughs> off with her and I got her into bed and she was and I was like hey how long have you been been out there you know and she was like a long time <laughs> I was just about to jump on him oh my I was like oh my gosh <laughs> and I yeah so I finally got her to a place where I could pop out and uh yeah I went and talked to my dad a little bit and then apologized to my dad a little bit and uh, set the scene for next time. But that's what happened. Just walking in from a date night and seeing my daughter crouched behind. It's like one of those memories. Mm-hmm. It's also going to be like, it's so her. It's mm-hmm. going to be this funny story <laughs> a little bit. But at the, at the time, I was really having a hard time figuring out why that hard stuff was the good stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hard, why that is, is good. I mean, I think that it is such a trust thing to let anybody watch our kids and I think especially with I mean. your kids that are, so betrayed. That, are, that are really hard you know that uh, that are harder with with certain routines or with certain things like it's and especially co- going out late and coming back like mm-hmm. it's hard to feel like you weren't betrayed by that or that your your trust wasn't like taken for granted or something but I think that just like anytime a mistake happens or a thing happens or a hiccup in the road it's an opportunity it's information an opportunity to recalibrate and to retool everybody's toolbox and like i wish in some ways that wilder had jumped on our dad so that he could have had the <laughs> shit scared out of him but i only worry that maybe his reaction would have scared her and it yeah. would have like traumatized her to the point of her not wanting him there anymore i really believe the good stuff was like that you walked in when at did. the right time yeah. when you did <laughs> to prevent that from actually playing out yeah. and so it was one of those things where you were able to understand his his lack of awareness and you were able to see her motivation with nothing actually happening that was terrible really bad, after yeah. so that's a great thing um, I think that's one that we lean, we lean on a lot, which is just <laughs> finding some gratitude. <laughs> it could have been way worse. Um, that's definitely one of the hard stuff yeah. is the good stuff. Yeah. But I think that it's a, it's worth, it's an opportunity for you and Wilder to have another conversation about what she needs when she wakes up, what she could talk to him about, what, how she and, and he can communicate with him if she wakes up and needs something. Like what went through her mind to think she should surprise him? Like, mm-hmm. And then that what can he be doing to better be there for them and less oblivious as a caregiver? You mm-hmm. know, like maybe spin your chair around a little bit. Sure. Yeah. That could work. Yeah. Um, and then also just that, again, back to gratitude that you have a parent that lives in town and that can come and stay till 1130 and you didn't spend the amount of money you spent out that night on a babysitter. That's, That's so pretty true. fucking amazing. That's true. So. Okay. Okay. And then now we we're going to talk those. about why struggle is good in general. <laughs> Free yes. to struggle, baby. Free to struggle. Well, I like to start with goals. Mm, okay. Let's go for the dream. Let's go for the goal. I have the goal that my children uh, grow to be resilient, Mm -hmm. that they grow to be self-disciplined people who can bravely lean into social and personal challenges with enthusiasm and resilience and confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to raise kids who believe that true success is measured by their progress, not their perfection, you know, like, or their achievement. And who can work and continue to persevere over struggle to to get through that because they see that value. Um, And then also kids who can freely admit when they need help and seek out that help, you know, Mm -hmm. and also in that same vein, be able to champion others through their struggles and learning experiences. That's a lot of goals. You know, but like the the general goal, resilience, grit, perseverance, Mm -hmm. you know. And self-understanding and learning. <clears throat> right. Willing right. to learn, willing to fail, <clears throat> willing to keep going. Because like life is going to be 
who knows what life is going to be, but it's going to be challenging. We all know that, right? We want our kids to thrive through that shit, not just survive it. Do you want to read the, just a little blurb of the struggle? Well, yes. I mean, with that, with that goal, a resilient, self-disciplined kid, grit, perseverance, that all leads to how do they manage struggle right now? So if we take that dream up in the sky and bring it all the way down to our day to day, that looks like struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our little um, a little introduction we have that's on our website where Kelty had mentioned you can download um, all of the freedoms. This is the introduction for freedom to struggle. Tying their shoes, opening a jar, arguing with a sibling. Watching our kids struggle can be uncomfortable for us, and our impulse to leave them to learn or dive in to rescue them from discomfort or strife is such a natural one. This freedom is a reminder that struggle is a valuable experience for kids because it allows them to build critical skills, resilience, and confidence. The freedom to struggle tells kids that beyond winning or achievement, true learning naturally requires trial and error, curiosity, and perseverance. So we seek to sensitively support their struggle rather than dominate or undermine this critical learning experience. I feel like 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 all of the freedoms, this is the first one to mm-hmm. struggle is really about helping our kids become aware of, attuned to, and in control over a huge area of their life that they're going to be in charge of someday, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's also helping us to understand our responsibility in that as parents where our support starts and where it ends, right? Mm -hmm. And where they need support, where they maybe have the freedom to build and experience the world in their own um, pace, in their own style, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, this sounds like what we talk about a lot, that like in most things with parenting, that requires we trust more and control less, do with, not to, get clear on the why and the how. Mm -hmm. And as you and I talk about, find that middle way that can respect us both build all our skills and meet all of our needs. That's mm-hmm. the goal anyway. Yeah. And I think so much about this conversation about struggle is just, it invites us to scrap everything we know about it. Mm-hmm. Like really. And it, that's what it did for us when we sort of deep dived into this. We were just like, oh <laughs> yeah. my God, have, having to bust this myth of mine, having mm-hmm. to bust this myth of mine, you know? And I think that there's... Or, co- or compare a belief we have as people with the belief we have as parents and hold those two side by side. Like thinking about struggle as a really positive thing in one realm of our mm-hmm. life, and but not so good for our kid. Right. right? But so we're going to look at three beliefs um, that inform how we view and approach struggle within ourselves and our kids. Um, and I feel like we should just say what they yeah, are really quick. Them. The first one is that struggle is a negative thing. That's a, be- a conventional belief that we have. Number two, that it's our job or our kid's job to manage struggle or fix it. And that the third conventional belief that we hold is that everyone struggles with the same thing and the same way. Or should. Yeah. Those were three things that we kind of uncovered within ourselves. <laughs> These deep-seated beliefs that we that we struggle with as far as struggle goes with our kids. We struggle a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that this is a, a really big chance to start fresh in looking at the hard things and dismantle this really unhelpful conventional wisdom and cultural conditioning that we have around struggle that frankly undermines how we view and respond to the hard stuff. Which, AKA life. Right. As right. parents and people. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna flip these three beliefs and then we're going to yes. dive into what sensitively supporting struggle through the resist approach looks like in babies, toddlers, kids, adolescents. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have examples, specific examples. And then we'll also have some helpful phrasing and some mantras and final thoughts that have sort of helped us lean into this mm-hmm. struggle stuff with our if kids. If we can get through this in enough time. We yeah. have to pick up the kids in 
a little bit. Oh boy. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, so let's start with the first conventional belief we're, we're flipping. Struggle is inherently negative. Okay. Right. right. I think that that comes from, I mean, not just cultural beliefs, but a primal parenting instinct mm-hmm. is for us to keep our children alive. And if they're struggling, they're suffering, then we need to lean in and make our kids happy. We need yeah. to stop the crying, stop the whining, stop the frustration, the anger. We need to yeah, take care of our kids it, and do our job, right? And it just, it feels bad. Mm-hmm. Watching your kids struggle, watching my kids struggle, it feels bad. And they do it a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot, a lot. Your kids, Kelty, have like the tears like literally shoot out of their eyes. On command. Like, it's like uh, it, yeah. immediately. There's no like mounting buildup and, and that's the, visible. And the tears also, they don't drip and go away. They just stay on their little cheekbones mm-hmm. and their eyelashes. They just stay there as reminders that it's like <laughs> they continue they, to suffer. They're like, they're um, salty badges of honor. There's lots of proof. Oh, yeah, for you. Other it's ways. so funny. But it hurts. So that's what you're it getting hurts. to. Okay. It hurts. It sucks. It's painful. Painful. You just want it mm-hmm. to stop most right. of the time. That's part of part of our instinct, right? You know. But let's flip that belief, that conventional belief, to say struggle is incredibly valuable, yeah. and that's the belief that we're we're going to align a little bit more with today. Because personally and professionally, let's think about it. We can attest to this. How much have we grown and changed in positive ways from facing the hardest things in our lives? Well, I think that that's that's really the key is that it's growing and learning. And mm-hmm. that I think we as parents really believe that struggle is like suffering, mm-hmm. undue suffering. Mm-hmm. And when, when we see our kids struggling, we're like, they're suffering, they're hurting, it's got to stop. you know. And I think that we need to be redefining that word as learning. You know, mm-hmm. that knowing that it's inevitable and it's the, the only way to grow and succeed. Struggle is That learning. it's a human condition. Yeah. And I love Brene Brown. One of our faves talks about it as vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And she says, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. Yeah. Like you can't be have originality, innovation, creativity, change without struggle, without vulnerability saying, I can't necessarily do this. I'm working through this. I'm having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, another favorite of mine is Adam Grant from the book Originals. Oh, if you guys haven't read that, that one. I loved it. I've reread it recently. And he says that to be an original, you need to take risks. And the word entrepreneur actually means bearer of risks. That's cool. And he <clears> writes, <throat> I just wanted to read this little part. He you said, we, we admire astronauts for having the courage to leave the only place humans have ever inhabited and venture boldly into space. We celebrate heroes who possessed enough conviction to risk their lives for the moral principles they held dear. We idolize icons for having the audacity to drop out of school and go for broke, holding up in garages to will their technological visions into existence. These are people who fuel creativity and drive change, championing originality to propel us forward. They're people who feel the same fear, the same doubt as the rest of us, who take action anyway because they know in their hearts that failing would yield less regret than failing to try. Mm, I like that. And th- but that that idea of saying struggle is what creates originality. Well, I think about, you know, Ryan Holiday. I remember reading mm-hmm. The Obstacle is the Way and I remember him basically saying that no no real skill that you want to originality or otherwise that mm-hmm. you want to be developing um including like patience or bravery can ever happen unless th- that has been put to the test so basically you can't just be a patient person you only know if your patience if your patience is put to the test you can't just be brave out of nowhere <clears throat> and unless you've practiced being You're brave, brave and because of struggle because You're patient because of struggle right. because yeah. of it right not just without it yeah right. or in it in um Despite, Despite it. it yeah, yeah, yeah. And historically, so personally, professionally, historically, struggle is what tells people to band together to make big change. And Ryan Obst- uh, Ryan Holiday, in his book too, um, 
He'd said that all great victories, be they in politics, business, art, or seduction, involved resolving vexing problems with a potent cocktail of creativity, focus, and daring. When you have a goal, obstacles are actually teaching you how to get where you want to go, carving you a path. Blessings and burdens are not mutually exclusive. Mm. Like two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. Yeah. So those, that was a little bit of inspiration. <laughs> a little inspiration. I feel like most people probably agree with all of that. But then right. if we bring those concepts or those values or that idea into our parenting, mm-hmm. it just, you know, that's not how it feels. It doesn't align the same way. No, it somehow. doesn't. I think that we, we tend to think that there's something wrong with our kid or something wrong with us mm-hmm. when there's a struggle like that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really easy for us to feel that it's struggling is scary or worrisome mm-hmm. or disappointing or that it reflects on my character or abilities or my kids character or abilities mm-hmm. and that it needs to be fixed or it just has this foreboding feeling of like what if they don't what if they don't learn this or what if they can't get through this or what kind of person will they become if mm-hmm. you know when it really is founded XYZ. in a lack of trust in that yeah. way like I, I always key into that in myself where I'm like I'm not trusting Han I'm not trusting right now mm-hmm. um and thank god for all the research that's out there that's not just in organizational psychology and history books but in parenting now that yeah struggle is how people learn and grow and reach and succeed and it, like the, the the research is there for our kids which was very um validating and uh, made me feel a lot better um in a book called mindset for parents by Richie and lee they said that 75 percent of achievement is attributed to psychosocial skills so like non-cognitive factors like perseverance resiliency grit determination and tenacity and only 25 percent of achievement is attributed to innate intelligence mm. in our kids so they said that it must be purposefully cultivated and deliberately modeled in the home and that they that we should want our kids to understand that having to work hard or struggle through something isn't a sign of weakness, but that it helps strengthen their brains by making stronger neural connections. That reminds me of Carol Dweck and the growth mindset oh, for yeah. sure. Um, Wendy Mogul said, "Give them good suffering mm. so that they can eventually say, I feel better, and my parents had nothing to do with it.' That's a pretty good goal. Good suffering, which is struggle. That's what I think struggle is: is good suffering. Yeah, it's healthy suffering." I think it's time to go into the second conventional belief we're trying to flip here. Okay, great. You were talking a little bit about it a moment ago, which is basically that struggle is theirs or ours to handle, Mm -hmm. right? And the flip that we were talking about that you just mentioned is that struggle requires our sensitive support as a team, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like we ping pong. It's it's kind of, you know, sometimes we have that feeling of like, oh, they got to learn, they got to be prepared for the real world. They're going to, they got to figure that out. So I'm not going to help them at all. Mm-hmm. Or we have the feeling of, well, they're never going to learn unless I do it for them. I got to help, help, like maybe help a little too much mm-hmm. is the feeling that I often have um, so that they feel supported. So they, so they can learn it basically. Yeah. Neither extreme is ideal though, because it's technically imbalanced. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's either doing too much or too little. Um Julie Lithcott-Hames in How to Raise an Adult, that's a great book. She, she said that when life throws our kids a curveball, we do them no favors by jumping in and catching it for them unless it's truly a matter of health and safety. Mm. They've got to be able to learn to catch those curveballs or get out of the way on their own. And I'd like to add, with us nearby to help them process it later. Yeah. <laughs> or know. in the moment. Or in the moment, yeah. too. I think that but, th- that <clears throat> middle way to us really is the phrase that we always come back to is, they need my help, mm-hmm. right? And not help like I'm going to rescue them or do it for them or fix it, but they need my help. Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes with 
a need to consider really how we can best support them without overdoing it or underdoing it, like we just said. Right. You know, um, we got to find that middle way. Yeah. Angela Duckworth and Grit talks about that a little bit. And her research shows that high levels of grit, which is like, um, I think I, I explain what it is later, but it's like the willingness and ability to overcome something and persevere in the long term. That's grit. Um, her research shows that high levels of grit lead to amazing outcomes beyond talent measures or standardized achievement test scores. And it correlates with lifetime educational attainment and reduces the likelihood of career changes and divorce. Grit's a good thing. But when it comes to how we go about that, you know, she asked in her book, is grit forged in the dribble of unrelenting high standards or is it nurtured in the embrace of loving support? So is it in the authoritarian, authoritative, or is it in the permissive? You know, is it when mm-hmm. we have really high standards or when we're just being super loving? And she said that it's both and that that's what she calls wise parenting or otherwise known as authoritative parenting or what we call the middle way or respectful parenting where there's supportive and demanding. You know, you're showing affection and respect and you're also holding firmly enforced expectations. It's like the, the high expectations, high warmth we yeah, talk about. Yeah, it can be both. Yeah. We can help our kids through struggle with, with both of those things, with knowing that they can do it themselves and holding them, helping them hold them to it in a loving, supportive, communicative way. Yeah. Yeah, the, the way that we that we respond to their struggle is important. Mm-hmm. I always think about Ross Green, who my fave, my, oh, my yeah, big crush. Oh, yeah, you love him. And he really talks about how the manner in which we respond to distress or struggle in our kids is what like basically provides an early template to guide them in responding to distress in others, which I really Whoa. think is is an interesting to <laughs> thing too, just thinking about how they're gonna deal with it in others. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about, for example, your husband and how sometimes if he can't pull the trash bag out of the trash can, mm-hmm. he literally has like a full on meltdown. <clears throat> and you're yeah. almost like cover the kid's eyes. It'll be like a rage meltdown. You yeah. Mean. Like he yeah. turns into the Hulk. A rage fest. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And and I think that, that it's no it's no coincidence that his dad has frustrations things like that sometimes like we pass those things down we teach the way we respond to the stress you know and the way we support our kids with those things if we're really frustrated and believe struggle is negative struggle sucks struggle is unnecessary struggle is getting in my way about us or even we see somebody else or we're in traffic or whatever it is you know (laughs) but our mindset about it and our approach to it is ultimately what our kids learn to view and approach struggle with Mm mm-hmm Okay, number three, conventional okay. belief. Oh, but did you want to talk about his ship story? I, I feel like Ross Green's ship story really quick is so great. Okay. Like, I mean, just that idea. It's a great little It quote. is a nice metaphor. Okay. Okay. Your child needs the space to make mistakes and learn from them. You're being a good parent when you let that happen too. If you're trying too hard to control the outcome or being too judgmental when he trips over his own feet, he'll be overly concerned about making mistakes and won't have the chance to learn from them. Your child also needs the opportunity to right the ship on his own when he runs into troubled waters. And he needs you to watch closely to see how he's doing. If you're not watching closely enough, he could tire of floundering and give up. If you throw him the life vest, the first sign of floundering, he'll never learn to swim. If he's able to right the ship often enough, you'll start to have faith in his ability to, to do so. He may actually have a pretty decent ship writing track record, and though your memories of the times when he didn't handle troubled waters quite so well may be more poignant, it's a good it's good to reflect on that too. Your child needs you to know how to help him right the ship if he can't do it on his own. And he's and he says that's plan B, which is basically his collaborative and proactive solutions. Middle which way. Which is the middle way. <clears throat> plan A parenting. being more control, plan C being like an emergency plan where you basically give up all your expectations. Um I highly recommend the book. Yeah. 
I love a good nautical metaphor, but just that idea of like, it's not either or it's, it's both. It's that middle way. We're not letting our kids just flounder and give up or feel helpless, learned helplessness, which, um, Rick Hansen talks about in his book, resilience, but we're also not overcompensating so much that they also learn helplessness as well, Mm -hmm. where they think I can never do it because my parent does it for me all the time. Mm -hmm. So neither of those extremes is helpful. Okay. Okay. So we busted that belief. Last conventional belief that we're going to flip is that we struggle with the same things and in the same way. We are kids, people, and that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have a problem with that. So you shouldn't have a problem with that. Or I judge that as not a big deal. So it shouldn't feel like a big deal to you. Or I don't struggle with that by doing this thing and this behavior. So you should not be behaving this way when you're struggling this Mm -hmm. way. Yeah, yeah, I think that our fl- the flip is that struggle is unique to every person. <clears throat> yes, that's it a is. big one to swallow sometimes. Oh man, yeah, but it is yeah. very liberating to think of it that way. When it, you, it, you know, it's ultimately, str- it's not just the the what like what you struggle about being unique to every person. It's also the way you struggle about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that can let us off the hook quite a bit though with with kids. Where I think some people be like, no, I mean, struggle when you're crying when you're anxious, when you're scared, when you're a little frustrated, maybe like have a mm, face on, but when you're, that's okay. That's okay. Those are good struggles. I support those. But the times when you are throwing things, the times when you are yelling at me, the times when you are refusing to do something, that kind of struggle. No, 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 not so good. I think that's going to be a big part of our conversation is we look at Basically, every challenging behavior, whether it's, you know, seeing a kid cry or disappointed or scared, all, the whole spectrum of emotions and behaviors as as the same thing, which is having a need and having lagging skills, basically, mm-hmm. and, and needing being, some help. Being defined by a struggle. Yeah. You are struggling. Either you've got limited uh, skills in that department that you need support building, or you have unmet needs that you need support meeting. Mm-hmm. Period. And I think so much of but this part of the conversation too is about temperament. And it's something yeah. that a lot of parents don't even know about it. I had to learn about it quick because my children have very challenging temperaments, challenging to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically the definition of temperament is a child's early appearing variation in emotional responses and reaction to the environment. And I would say that for a parent too. Adults mm. have temperaments yeah. they, that they had as children that are continued. So it becomes more conflated by, okay, I'm having to attend to this little one's struggle where I'm str- I might be struggling a lot more right now because of that. You know, it's it's a two-person dance <clears throat> often I in think these struggling. When you think about it, it makes perfect sense where it's like my friend tells me, oh my gosh, my kid was doing this and it w- they were struggling doing this one thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my kid would never do that. Or they say, oh my gosh, I was struggling so much about this situation. I'm like, I would never struggle with that. Or the opposite. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're all so different and so unique and so diverse. Mm -hmm. Even just our nervous systems are so unique and diverse. You know, fight, flight, freeze, faint, choose your flavor. These are all different ways that our nervous system responds to stress. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that everyone has their own sort of struggling tell. Sure. We've talked about before. Um, I get kind of... um, passive aggressive and snippy is kind of like that's when I'm struggling and Mm -hmm. I've begun to be able to put words to that with a lot of work with my husband and with you Mm -hmm. where now I'm even able to say like when I'm being kind of mean I'm able to say you know I'm struggling a little bit I might I might not even know why I might not know how to get out of identified a struggle (laughs) 
some struggling midst. is happening. <laughs> and you'd be surprised at how much more likely someone is able to work with you when you can admit that you're struggling a little bit. Um, <clears throat> our kids might not say that. The way that they admit that they're struggling is through the struggle. It's by crying or yelling or mm. um, throwing something or whatever it is. Um, but their right. delivery will be we, more nuanced. We do not it. differentiate struggles. We do not moralize. One struggle is better than another. We say, I've I can manage this struggle with my I'm kid or myself. I'm more challenged by a different Right, thing. or I'm more challenged. But um, I think that it's also, I mean, this whole idea of struggle is this umbrella concept that says, can we look beneath the behavior? Can we go beyond mm-hmm. and put our goggles on and look beyond the waves and look underwater for what's going on? Because that is where the true struggle is and where the answers lie about what to lean into to support so that this struggle can be mitigated in the future and actual skills and connection and awareness can be created, right? Yeah. I want to talk more about how struggle can look a lot like mistakes and misbehavior okay. and how we, and agree with you that mm-hmm. we do not def- differentiate between falling apart, crying because you can't tie your shoe the way you want, or, you know, throwing that shoe at me. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't differentiate in, in the terms Both are of struggling. struggling. Right. Both require our support, our yeah, sense but, of support. But, but it's interesting because it, even just talking about it helps me do that because mm-hmm. I think that it becomes this sort of like, okay, they're in a little more in victim mode right now. That is easier. Now they're a little bit more in aggressor struggling mode, and that is harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest. Well, I think because it's personally aimed at us, but I think that just as a society, we do not um, support and empathize and lean in toward aggressive struggling. Mm-hmm. We <clears throat> we much more look toward victimized struggling uh, as something that we can be helpful with. Oh, if someone's like crying in their car driving poorly near us, we're like, oh my gosh, well, what kind of day are they having? Oh, we can empathize with that a little mm-hmm. bit better. But if someone is road raging, how likely are we to be like, wow, what kind of day must they be having? What kind of, where are they headed right now? What's going on? Mm-hmm. But I think that that's a really good way to be practicing these right. concepts as adults and also building that context for our well, kids. And even, yeah, with our kids, I'm reading a story and that's why I hate stories that have like villains and good guys and bad guys. Super binary. I always feel the need to be like, hey, so what's going on with him, Venom? Like, what's up with, <laughs> what's up with Venom? Oh, man, what, what you know, what's his relationship with his parents like? What are his needs? Oh, man. Is he hungry? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, yeah, we need to, uh, that, I feel like that's one of the goals in this part is really teaching our kids and reminding ourselves that aggressive struggling isn't, you know, it is, as deserving of empathy and support as if not more you know? so yeah if not more so when you struggle in a way that makes everyone else's life way harder mm-hmm. and it's, it's more obtrusive it's more obnoxious it's just worse you you need even more support to see to the needs and build the skills to do better next time it's a not big punished ask. it's a big ask but though. i really think that when it comes to mistakes um sir ken robinson gave i think it's his TED Talk is probably still number one. It's top up there. It was an amazing TED Talk about education. But he said something like, we're now running national education systems where mistakes are the worst thing you can make. But if you're not prepared to be wrong, you'll never come up with anything original. And by the time kids get to be adults, most kids have lost that capacity. They've become frightened of being wrong. And I really believe that that comes from the way we discipline our kids at home first. Mm -hmm. That is the first experience they have with being quote unquote wrong, with making mistakes. 
And that lens we put on it with requiring punishment or requiring lectures or requiring less love or affection from us, rather than just seeing to those needs and building those skills, that sets them up to move into a school system sometimes that does that same thing. And then into a greater society that makes us all really scared to make mistakes and try and grow. And take risks. And take risks and ultimately be original and make change. And that's the opposite of what we want for our society and future generations, right? Yeah. So that's kind of... That's the big idea behind this last belief is saying <clears throat> that struggling is going to look really different and that we have to open our eyes and, and see it as a universal human condition that we all go through and that we need to lean into support within ourselves and within other people if we're going to be able to rise to really great things. Mm -hmm. Someone might be thinking like, but we're just going to like let people walk all over us and let people struggle all over us. We're just going to be a doormat about it. No. And that's what we're going to talk about basically the rest of the episode is the ways that we can um, teach our, our kids, work with our kids, uphold healthy boundaries mm -hmm. um, for ourselves. Well, and it's, yeah, it's like what Angela Duckworth said, that it's high expectations and boundaries mm -hmm. and also high warmth. It's, it's that exact thing. And mm -hmm. I think that when it comes to punishment and consequences, experiencing and understanding their own struggle is the learning experience that our kids need. They don't actually need our punishment or our consequences on top of that to mm -hmm. create learning. So, you know, our job as parents isn't to think of another struggle to add to our kids' struggle. It's to just help them understand the first struggle that they had. Yeah, It's less sense. work for us. Ultimately, this is, this is supposed to make us feel free and a little more available to focus on the real stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think we're going to kind of unpack two reality times, you know, two main times that our kids struggle, right? So one is sort of when they're struggling with life, more the kind of victim type struggles. And mm -hmm. we're going to go through some examples. Because our then, brain space is kind of in a certain place in that. It I is a little bit. And the second is more challenging. You know, that's when our kids are, are struggling and we're somehow <clears throat> involved. That's more of the kind of like aggressor struggling, basically. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go through what four, four age examples for each one and what talk about what we sort of um, instinctually do and the ways that we're trying to kind of work against those instincts and using the resist approach mostly. Yeah, let's just dive in. We're going to kind of okay. wing this. We're, yeah, we're going to riff but, a little um, bit. I'm excited to just kind of dive in a little bit. <clears throat> People sent some um, examples of struggle uh, on mm -hmm. Instagram that were really great. good ones. And I, I, I just wish that we could go into these even more, but I think we're going to start doing Insta stories of the Q&A. So we'll expand all of these, I think a lot more, but we're just going to kind of touch on them with these ideas, with these three new beliefs that struggle is valuable, that struggle is ours to sensitively support and that struggle looks different to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna talk <clears throat> about a baby, right? Mm -hmm. Who we have a couple options for each one. So a baby who is struggling to roll over and they're starting to get fussy. You know, that arm's getting stuck under there a little bit. It's like the cutest thing. When it's the cutest struggle stuck. ever. Um, or maybe a baby struggling to fall asleep. That's a, mm -hmm. a very common struggle. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to talk about a toddler who is holding fast to a toy with a sibling, will not share, right? Or a toddler trying to get their shoes on. Yeah, and these really are pretty struggling, common toddler right? things. We're, we're expanding these ideas. Okay. Yeah. Um, we can talk about a kid who is being left out by a friend on a play date. That sucks. Um, or a kid who, this is, this is a, a positive example from uh, a friend of ours recently, who could not get the butter on the toast the right way. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. These are all struggles. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to talk about an adolescent wanting to quit ballet after the first day. Or we can talk about um, they've like left their favorite hat behind somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's that's a really tricky I one. I liked having right? all of these options, not to like confuse everybody, but just to give examples of, these are examples of struggle that mm -hmm. holding <clears throat> fast to a toy with a sibling is like, 
that's not fighting. It's just struggling, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get their shoes on. It's not like being frustrated or being a certain way. It's just struggling, mm-hmm. you know, disappointment of being having a friend issue. You're struggling with that disappointment. You just need some help. You just need yeah. a little support. Yeah. That's it, you know. And I think that it's so easy for our fear and our anxiety of what that struggle means or, let's be honest, annoyance of the inconvenience yeah. of it and the drama of it. We gotta call that one out right to, <laughs> to focus on the behavior and be like, this is a character flaw in them or in us, or yeah. to just control the outcome and be like, stop doing that. What are, we, what are the things we it? think of instead of they oh, need yeah, help? Yeah. <clears throat> is we usually think like, or we say you're, str- we want to say you're struggling or you need help. What we usually say is, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. That's what we want to say. That's why what are you we often doing say, this to me? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I told you X Y Z or stop whining or stop being a, mm-hmm. you know whatever yeah or do this instead you know mm-hmm. we try and tell them what just to do, do instead. this yeah right. all that stuff comes so easily but that's not really helping them to manage and learn to move through struggle in a, a skilled and positive way is mm-hmm. it yeah okay not so let's so talk about the baby which one do you want to do let's let's do the flipping over one <sighs> Okay. Which when you have a new baby, maybe as a first person, this could, you know, first early parent, this could be like, oh, I want to help them, right? I'm going to pick them up. I'm going to pick them up right away or I'm going to help them flip over and be like, oh, you just need a little help and I'm going to flip them over and do that for them. Um, And we're trying to move away from from doing stuff like that. We're trying to work on all of these skills other than doing with, not to, or Mm -hmm. controlling their bodies. And as as Julie Lithcott-Hames said... um, she was a Stanford Dean person, like admissions person. Um, she said to let them struggle unless it's a health or safety issue, like a serious health or safety issue, that they should struggle and we should su- find a way to support them as long as they can. Okay, so let's, with let's work the resist approach with this baby that's that's getting getting kind of fuss, right? And we're right <laughs> okay. down there with them. So where does it start? We're going to resist. We're going to respect, empathize, sync up, innovate, summarize, and trust. All in one little interaction with a baby. Right. It could, arms this could stuck. be 30 seconds long, <laughs> this resist approach. Right? Okay, well, I mean, we'll start with respect. We're respecting that this baby is doing what its body needs, that it knows its body, it's doing it's doing what it needs to be doing to grow, it's developing on its own timetable, that it does not always need us to rescue or fix everything right away. Right? Mm-hmm. Then we we pop in and empathize, yeah. right? We're right down there with her, we say, I see you. You're trying to get that arm, it looks like it's under there. It's feeling kind of stuck. It sounds like you're feeling a little bit frustrated. Right. And we can't do a lot of listening in this empathy stage because our baby isn't. So maybe we're just is it open ta- eyes. Is it verbal? Is yeah. yeah. We're, we're open eyes. We're going, oh, hi. You know, we're here. We're showing that struggle positive by our empathy, by this empathy stage. We're not going, oh, no. Or, or oh, no. Yeah. Like, we're just saying, I see this. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we sync up. Do you need a little help? What can I, what can we do? I see your thing is stuck. We're just validating, right? Mm-hmm. That, Saying what we the, the sync up step is often where we yeah. say our concern. We don't have one in this. Not this really. is a more benign, yes, uh, it is. <laughs> benign struggle um, than but later on. It's still an important one. It is. And then maybe we innovate and we do the littlest amount possible to um, kind of br- bring up ideas or coax the, coax the wrist a little bit or mm-hmm. come up with little little ways that we can just very lightly Give him, give or him if I, you know, did this little toy up top where you turn it, turn his head up and then be able to roll all the way over. You're like, you know, you know, little things like that, that say, I trust your body. And I'm going to think of some little ideas and, and work with you here to not over dominate this experience or be across the room watching you suffering alone. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Yeah. And then after innovate, we're going to summarize. Used to be mm-hmm. our set the limit step. Yeah. Set the limits now within summarize kind mm-hmm. of. And we're gonna say, it seems like you're you're getting really kind of fuss here and this isn't getting better. I was I was hoping you could kind of work work some magic and, and get yourself out of that. But it looks like it's really escalating. I'm gonna slowly help you roll this way or slowly pull your arm out. I'm gonna describe what I'm doing as I'm doing it, mm-hmm. right? We're not gonna because what happens if we just do a big pickup <clears throat> and we just swoop down and pick them up right away? Then they begin to learn to believe after over and over and over again that they struggle and mama or papa picks them up and fixes it. And that struggle over. Basically, it's quitting struggle, right? Yeah. And that and the other people fix it for you. Yeah. So this is basically the painful drawn out version <laughs> of supporting our kid through the struggle. All of these will this be, seems right? inane, but it, it really is representative of how soon we can be supporting our kids in early struggle. Yeah. Okay. Let's hop on to the toddler one. And this is obviously, if you have the time... If you have the opportunity, mm-hmm. I think that's a huge caveat here that we're talking about. None of us can necessarily have open, endless hours to be lying on the floor with our babies, talking to them about their stuck wrist, you mm-hmm. know? So uh, this obviously is, this in, is in to be taken within, within context and to yeah. just open our minds about the possibilities with these yeah, things. Yeah, the right? pasta's on the stove and the toddler's screaming and the baby's starting to fuss might be more likely to go pick that baby up or give him a little toe toe push. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, let's go on to the toddler one, which was holding fast to a toy with a sibling or getting their shoes on. Mm-hmm. I think we should do holding fast to a toy with a sibling. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of a double struggle too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's run the resist approach to that. Okay, respect. This is their relationship. This is not our relationship. So we want to sensitively support and not over-dominate, right? right? And it's also walking into it saying, I don't know what is going on here. I've been around the corner. I'm not like, oh, it's the older brother. There's no victim aggressor. There's no binary. Each of them has needs and skills that they're working on through this struggle to better learn, right? Right. Um, Empathize. So you walk up. Again, you want to approach this with curiosity, with positivity, with interest, right? With neutrality so that they can do that ultimately when they have struggles with people or see struggles with other people that they can go, Hey, what's going on over here? How's it going? Oh, I see this. I see that. Maybe we listen a little bit. If they have something to say, he took my, whatever they're not listening to whatever. Okay. Okay. I'm hearing that and sports cast what we hear. So that especially yeah, if they're keeping nonverbal, hands, keeping hands safe, if they're any little, yeah. you know, I would say that's the respect stuff too. <laughs> the respect step is saying is holding fast to boundaries and limits for safety. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, syncing up and saying, you know, I'm seeing that you guys are both fighting or, you know, wanting the same toy and, and you really want it, and you really want it. And then moving on to innovate and saying, so what can we do here? What can we do so that you guys can both feel a little bit better and move through this struggle together? Does anyone have ideas? Any ideas? You can get creative. You can get funny. You can throw out little thoughts. Baby, wait for them to see what they say. Because so often our kids can actually come up with their own things if they're uh, given the opportunity. Yeah. Sometimes in one big breath, I'm about to say, just get the other one. It's sitting right there uh, or whatever. Uh, and and before I can say anything, one of them's like, well, you can have this one or whatever it is. Yeah. And Or I have this, you know, expectation that it should be fair or that whatever. And then my younger one is totally happy, like really getting the short the end of the one. stick. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, literally. Um, we never know how they're going to work it out, but it's theirs to work out as long as they're safe and we're, we're supporting their communication around it. Then they're building real skills. You know the kids at the playground who immediately run to their parents to tell on somebody. That's because they've gotten conditioned to go every time to their parents to solve their problems. Mm-hmm. You know, Or they're not getting their parents' support enough to, to bring them Maybe. over and they're yeah. needing that. So then we're know? in the summarized step where we can say, 
seems like you still want this and you still want that or hey seems like you kind of resolved you both wanted the same thing and you figured it out and we kind of describe what the situation is now and that might be a time when we have to set a limit Mm -hmm. seems like you still really want that toy that he's holding but uh, you know i gotta stop you you keep going after him Mm -hmm. well and i'd say back at the respect step too is when we often set agreements and things with with toy sharing so it's like if that was so-and-so's toy our family agreement is that this if this was a toy you both share then our family agreement is whatever we've set up that whoever has it first until they're done with it and then they give it. So mm-hmm. we can always rely on that later for the trust step too, is that you follow through lovingly with what you had established in your respect step at the beginning. Yeah. And then we dive into the trust step, yeah. which is knowing that we're going to keep figuring this out. We're going to have lots of opportunities for them to be working together and handling disappointment and ne- refining their negotiation skills mm-hmm. and feeling supported in it and and in a, a place where we don't have to be the referee. Right. And that that struggle is really good and for, that struggle the, for their is relationship. Really, really That's good. That's the cornerstone of their relationship, good right? Yeah. yeah, totally. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about the kid now. Um, and let's do the not getting Definitely the butter. Definitely the butter. The butter yeah. on the toast. <laughs> I, I could mean, talk about butter all day. You love butter. Um, who does Well, and this has definitely happened, you know. Yeah. It's I've, a hard way to start the day, the butter wars. It is. And I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes our kids get into these patterns where it's like, why is this happening every morning? Or how right before school, you know, my daughter will pull out the craft bin and every single time it's like the project fails within 30 seconds and it's feeling impossible. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I think it's, you know, it's a, a matter of frustration tolerance. And it's also just one of those things where it's an outlet. Mm-hmm. to express some feelings, mm-hmm. you know, as we all know, feelings come out and struggles happen in a lot of different ways. But it is right? hard when it feels like such a, a silly, easily, mm-hmm. you know, me- uh, repaired thing. Well, like, so how would we normally, how, how are we tempted to respond? How, how do we re- when, react when the, when the butter won't go on right or it's too hard or we're not putting it on right for them or they can't get it put on the right way um, and they're just kind of struggling, struggling, mm-hmm. having a hard time uh, with it. I think that that when I have a pretty low um, threshold for that kind of struggling, um, my instinct is to just offer up solutions right away and maybe get in there physically too, mm-hmm. which doesn't usually uh, like. So come should out I butter well. it on the edges? Should I do it like this? Tell me what what exactly like how that? you want it. I'm trying my best. Uh-huh. Like just give me the words, and it's like no matter what they say, I do it. It's still not the right thing, mm-hmm. or they're struggling on their own. So I'm just like, good luck, <laughs> good mm-hmm. luck. I am obviously not help. I'm unable to help you with this right now. So you're on your own with the butter. You're on your own. Um, Toil away. Or sometimes I'll try to distract or I'll be like, let's just get a fresh piece of bread and start over again. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we want to be doing, if we can, when we can, Mm -hmm. is running the resist approach, right? Yeah, finding that middle way. Yeah. And I think... um, What would that look like in this case? What would that look like? I mean, I think just being conscious through that uh, respect step of... How the environment and logistics and things impact our kids. So obviously, it's not about the butter mm-hmm. necessarily, and there are some other things going on. That's such on. a big lesson to learn. I mean, let alone I mean, small the hands, big knife type thing. So maybe there is some actual frustration and tolerance with spreading it. But I think that that is maybe just like the the straw that broke the camel's back, or it's the catalyst for like allowing some other things to to emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would kind of establish that first, like okay, wait. 
okay, this is this seems inane and ridiculous to me, but this is very real for this little person. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really struggling with the actual thing or maybe using it, like you'd said before, as an outlet to just get, get some feelings out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and then I really think part of that is also like trying to think about what actually helps them, not just ends the situation and the struggling that is bothering us so much, you know? So getting close and making eye contact or giving them a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really hard. Um, sometimes I want to be getting in there and be doing the things. And sometimes I'm like, wait, I should actually be just listening and letting, letting them, it play out, letting them play out. Yeah. And they might not be talking to me and telling me about their problem, but we can still be empathizing and listening and just bearing witness and holding space yeah. without having to be throwing up the option of doing the thing. I feel that's true sometimes. I have this um, kind of impulse to get like finger in the dam. Like this, mm-hmm. is, I can see where this is going. So I just want to get in there and, and try to do everything I can to make it stop. Even when they're not necessarily asking me for my input or for mm-hmm. my help or looking at me or anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that idea of just sort of bearing witness and being nearby and maybe... Th- moving into the empathy step and the empathize step, mm-hmm. which is to throw out a little thing. You seem a little bit frustrated by this yeah. or how's it going? But if that inflames, then mm-hmm. I would just say even less and just stay calm, stay neutral, hold space saying, I'm seeing you struggle. I'm here to support you. Sometimes I will say, I'm here if you need me mm-hmm. because I, me presuming to be to know what they need can sometimes make it way worse. Oh yeah. So um, just be holding... Holding vigil for them. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that is just thinking about our kids' <coughs> temperament and the time of day and mm-hmm. where they are developmentally, where one of my kids, I could kind of like subtly come over and bring another brick of butter or another knife and just set them there. The other one would pick them up and throw them the second I set them down, just even subtly, neutrally mm-hmm. helping in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and then moving on to... Um, Sinking up. Sink up. I mean, we don't really need to be sinking up too if they're, much. If beyond. they're looking to you. Yeah. Like, oh, we've, we don't have any more butter. This is the only butter we have. So we're stating a reality or we're saying, oh, I wish we had a smaller knife or, oh, we've got one more piece of toast if you want to try it or again. My concern is yeah. you've burned through three piece, through three <laughs> logs of butter already. Right. And yeah. yeah. Or my concern is we have to move on to getting clothes on for school or whatever it is Um, and sometimes that can bring up more feelings when we go back to that empathy step a little bit Um, and then we talked about innovating already like throwing out Mm -hmm. a few little ideas but again this can be maybe a sensitive situation and I love this example because it shows how sensitively we need to innovate sometimes with our kids struggle sometimes they are just like help me help me save me and so we have to be careful not to like lay it on too hard they want those ideas they want those ideas and then other times they really don't and they're just saying let me struggle alone so I think uh, our innovation needs to kind of reflect what they're kind of telling us that they actually need and what Mm -hmm. they can really be doing on their own yeah if that makes sense and then um, going to kind of summarize, it's sort of another way to reflect the situation and what's happening where, mm-hmm. wherever they are. Okay, looks like you, you know, piled it on about two inches and that's working <laughs> for you right now. Or, hey, you let it melt a little and maybe that's that's better. Maybe next time we can have it melt mm-hmm. a little bit more before you try putting it on or but whatever get, it is. I love that, though, that just that summarize is just saying, like, I, I can see what has transpired here. This has been hard or is being hard for you right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing you and, and, and reflecting what was seen in a way that is okay. I'm not mm-hmm. putting a positive light on it. I'm put, not putting a negative light on it. I'm just accepting the as is and that's a skill that we all need to do when Mm -hmm. we're struggling during and after our struggle it's like a debrief a little bit but i also like the idea that in that summarized step you might have to set a limit they might be kind of wigging out they might start throwing knives or throwing the butter Mm -hmm. or you know throwing the food or whatever it is and we might have to say 
I can see what, what's happening here and this has been mounting and you're feeling frustrated, but I'm going to have to keep you safe because your brother's sitting across the table from you and I don't want to poke his eye out or mm-hmm. um, some, some limit setting might have to happen in that mm-hmm. summarized step too. And, and with the limit setting, maybe it is what they need. They need mm-hmm. you to be setting a limit if they're yeah. like really going crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Other times it's just, again, trying to understand what's really going on. Are they trying to push up against something or are they really just like struggling? Kind of dysregulated and struggling and feeling grumpy and yeah, yeah and whiny and the um, and then the trust step, yeah, which is you know knowing that all of these frustration tolerance things are going to be resolving as a as a kid grows and is gaining more skills and their de- brains developing and they're mm-hmm. practicing more and their hands are getting bigger and um, you know all these things that this isn't forever and no we just have these moments and I think it's so hard for us to to hold ourselves in grace. I've, I remember being in a sewing class and I was just struggling with this zipper and I literally just broke down crying like in mm-hmm. the sewing class just out of just such frustration and shame for myself about it. Yeah. And I think that we need to be that voice and that face for our kids to when they're just feeling pathetic and just can't pull it together mm-hmm. like that we see them and we're like we're gonna, it's going to be okay. We're yeah. all here and you know this isn't the end of the world. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing anything differently than just falling apart the way you are right now. And that's okay too. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. Let's get on to the next one really quick. Adolescent wanting to quit ballet after the first day. Mm-hmm. That's wow. A that, big that's one. a tough one. You're like, dude, you begged me to sign you up for this class. That, that happened with I you and Roy, didn't money, it? Right? Yeah. I paid money to sign you up for this class. I don't want to lose the money. I don't want to you know, feel like we're quitting. I want you to to persevere here and to lean into this, but I also don't want to traumatize you by forcing you to do something you don't want to do and being the asshole. You know, Mm -hmm. someone wrote in about this um, and DM'd us about this specific one too. And it's like, I can totally understand that. That must be so hard. And she Mm -hmm. said on top of it, he's one of two boys in the ballet class. So he's kind of an underdog there. And I guess one of the moms said something like, made a comment like, maybe he should just play football. Oh my God. Which is super helpful, right? Yeah, super helpful. (laughs) But it's like, how do we, so that's a great example child is struggling about whether they lean in and go into this new scary environment or stay back and like what is our job how do we sensitively support that especially when we have an agenda that would be very easy to just say nope you're going right that that's our automatic instinct right well and we know that if we support them through the struggle we're probably going to struggle too it's going to be hard on us i mean that's why it's it's easier to wield control or just let it go because Mm -hmm. the middle the middle way is is where all the work is and where all the the hardship is but it's also where we learn so many skills and we Mm -hmm. build our brains and hearts and connection right right yeah i mean starting with the respect step for this it is saying you know they are going to experience things their own way they're going to maybe want to do something and then have reservations um, it's also about setting limits and boundaries and family agreements. So Angela Duckworth talks about it's called like the one hard thing rule or something where each person in their family, they sign on to something that's a little stressful or a little hard, like a class or something like that. But they have a family agreement that they have to keep going to it in whatever capacity they end up going until the tuition runs out or the the time of it ends. And so you could have an agreement of some sort set up beforehand where then you say, well, our family agreement, our agreement is this, so how can we work around it? Or the agreement could be, I'd really like to go through all six classes because we paid so, but if we can't, get through all six classes, then I think we'll need to wait another six months or so before we try because it just might mean that you're not quite ready to go yet. And it totally depends on the temperament, which is considering their temperament and their own abilities. That's in the respect step. And then the the empathize is to just listen. If if our kids are struggling through leaning into something new or wanting to go to something, maybe they just have feelings they need to get out. 
and to feel heard and seen and validated and just purge that anxiety. Sometimes they, it just is a matter of that. And then they're like, okay, I'm ready to go dive on to whatever. Yeah. So what would it's that surprising. look like or sound like? That would just look like a lot of listening to why you don't want to go and then saying, yeah, you don't want to go again. Okay. Mm, basically just kind yeah. of repeating what they say back because it's stupid. You feel like yeah. it's stupid. What's stupid about it? Yeah. Just you know? asking questions. Well, you know, this. there's this one girl and she's not, I, I don't like her and uh, she's stupid face. And you're uh -huh. like, okay, well, what's, what's different about her? Or are there any other girls in there? Yeah. Or, refraining from lecturing, telling stories, telling they shouldn't feel that Basically, way just all keep, the things keep that we want to do drilling in a in a in a warm way reflecting mm -hmm. what they say back and then making a kind of correlating question to go with it to show to show that you care and you right. want to understand maybe mm -hmm. there is a legitimate reason that the class totally sucked that you're going mean, to find out half the time i'm going to go out to a social thing i tell this to my husband i'm like i don't want to go uh -huh. and it's like all i need him to say is okay why not let's talk about it and I just talk to him about it and I complain. I might see this person and I probably won't be able to get something gluten-free and <laughs> da, da 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 You know, like, and I and I just kind of get it all out there. And then I'm like, okay, bye, honey. Love you. Yeah. You know, like, it really is something to just being seen and heard and having someone hold that space in the empathy step. Yeah. And and this type <clears> of thing where they just come back from the class and you have a week till the next one. You're so tempted to say, no, no, you're going. Mm -hmm. But it's so helpful to remember, we have a week to be working on this. Mm -hmm. We have a week to be doing this res resist uh, approach really over and over in building a conversation and connection about about that decision. Mm -hmm. Half the time that our kids Nothing refuse to do stuff like that, they forget a week later. Totally. Um, okay. So then you go to the sync up step where you say, okay, well, you know, my concern is we paid this much money yeah. and um, or we're already here right, right. <laughs> or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then you, you say, so let's innovate. So what can we do? Could we just walk into the class and just watch today? Like, could we, or next time or, or next time yeah. or whatever, could we find, um, uh, something, some, you know, start throwing, do you feel like ideas. you're comfortable in the outfit? Maybe we could make some improvements that make you feel a little bit more co cozy. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking of ideas that would help them so that they can start when they approach struggle and resistance, inner resistance, as they grow older, think, wait a second, what can I do about this? What can mm -hmm. I do to help me make this better? You mm -hmm. know, um, and not rely on someone else to rescue me or feel helpless in this and not able to pull myself out or change mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, um, and then we summarize. Mm -hmm. We kind of say, okay, so you're still feeling a little ambivalent about it. Maybe we can talk about it before or the class the another plan day. Or, or well, we did, you know, I'm going to set the limit because we did make a, this plan, mm -hmm. you know, so whatever it is. We'll, we'll find a way to work through it together, but yeah. this is the plan. And then we, we go into trust, which is, yeah. you know, our kids are going to get better at making these commitments. Uh, we're going to tell we stories. Go we're going to give them opportunities. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, yeah. We can tell stories about our own things where we wanted to kind of flake out on stuff mm -hmm. and how that felt or times that we wanted to and didn't or whatever it is. We're going to be working behind the scenes on this stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't think we have time to go struggling with us all the way through, Kel. Let's try. I think we're going to do those on Insta stories. What? Yeah. Those are, these are the best ones. These are really good. And we're going to do them on Instagram stories. So tune in, everybody. We'll do another baby <laughs> one, a toddler one, a kid one, and an adolescent one. But I think people get the idea that struggle is good mm -hmm. that struggle requires our sensitive support and that struggle looks different for everybody yeah. those are the three takeaways and that the way we approach them is through the resist approach and you all can have your own approaches or take elements from our resist approach that resonate with you mm -hmm. but find ways to lean in and collaborate with your kid to help hold their hand through struggle not rescue them and not leave them but find that middle way that feels good for you based on your values and your skills and your kid's temperament yeah. and what crazy shit storm of a struggle they're you know presenting you with and think about like visit our empowerments page i feel like a few empowerments really re like 
are relevant in this talk, which is one, the hard stuff's the good stuff, right? Struggle mm-hmm. is good. Um, two, we meet our kids where they are. So yes, they could tie their shoes yesterday. Today, they can't tie their shoes. They're struggling, Their right? struggle changes. It's changing all <laughs> yeah. the time, right? And then um, what's another one? Oh, we work side by side. We parent mm-hmm. side by side. So we're not going to be like, just do it. Come on, whatever it is. We're going to get in there and we're going to be next to them as a team solving this thing. Right, because that's the they will learn skills quicker that way and put us out of a job if we support them through it rather than expect them to do it or do it ourselves. Yeah, I cannot wait to be out of a job doing shoes. Like my back is literally about to break. I know. And then also we love unconditionally is our other empowerment that we talk about, which is saying no matter what their struggle looks like, we can never base it on their belonging or our, their lovability. That is not the way to teach them or to change their behavior. That's not the way to help them move through struggle with resilience and grit. That's tying their identity to it, which is not the idea we're going for. You missed one empowerment though. We know our influence. (gasps) And it's it's so much about modeling and knowing that the way we move through the world, the way we talk about and show our own struggles and the way we help them with theirs tells them that struggle is okay, that you can get to the other side, that it doesn't mean anything about you as a person, and that and that the people in your life are going to be there for you when you're struggling, That which is the hope we all have, right? Yeah, and that can go from small little things and day-to-day Something trials trivial. and tribulations yeah. to these bigger things. Angela Duckworth says, if you want to bring forth grit in your child, first ask how much passion and perseverance you have in your own life goals. Then ask yourself how likely it is that your approach to parenting encourages your child to emulate you. If your answer to the first is a great deal and to the second is very likely, you are parenting for grit. You're laying the foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to say a few helpful phrases Okay. Instead of fixing it, where you say, I'll do it, or let me help you, right. or whatever it is, we're going to try to say, How's it going? You know, maybe if you loosened it a little bit like this, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. instead of minimizing, like, You're fine, it's okay, or just try this, or it's just a spoon. How many times have oh I said God. or wanted to say, yeah. It's just a fucking spoon? <laughs> We try to say, that's kind of tricky, huh? Or what could work instead? Or, you know, you know where the spoon drawer is or whatever. Yeah, we're Um, not overblowing the struggle or nor are we minimizing it. We're We're neutrally, curiously, oh, that's tricky. Nothing's hard. Nothing should be easy. It's tricky. They're struggling. We're acknowledging it. And instead of judging ultimately on those more tough ones, which Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about on uh, Instagram stories, saying things like, use your words or you should know better or you're in trouble, we want to say things like, you seem frustrated. Let's Beneath talk. the behavior. Or you're working really hard at that. Your brain is building all these new connections, right? Right. Um, so giving them insight instead of judgment or a label. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then what are some mental mantras, Han? You can read a few. <clears throat> I always say it in a robot voice. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they need help. <laughs> um, they need help is something I say all the time. I'm like, they need help. They just need help. They just need help. Mm-hmm. And again, not help for me to do it for them, but help as in, leaning and connecting and building skills through the resist approach. This isn't forever. You mm, say that a lot. A lot. <laughs> it often feels like it's forever. I'm in a bit of forever mm-hmm. stage on everything. Um, this isn't about me, which I think <sighs> in those times when their struggle is getting a little more personal for me, when it's messing up my day, when it's making me feel like I might be fucking up, I have to remind myself this: their struggle isn't about me. I need to support their struggle. One crazy person at a time, right? Yeah. And and another one is this doesn't mean anything about them as a person. Because mm. I feel like we tend to go project. Oh, my God, they're going to be a spoiled brat. Oh, my God, he's going to be such a dick. He's going to be an insensitive lover. He can't open the cereal box. He's, he's fucked. He's failed. Uh-huh. He's destined for failure. Um, okay, what else? Growth mindset over fixed mindset. Yep. Growth mindset over fixed mindset. That, it's the effort, not the results, right? Exactly. Um, Process and the practice over the 
over perfection. It's right. progress over perfection. Another mantra, the only way to learn is to struggle. Struggle is learning, mm-hmm. is a really good reminder. And then the last one, which I try to tell myself all the time, is shut up and listen. Yeah. Because I, that means that I'm usually getting in there too hard or wanting to, it to end or trying to stop the struggle. And I just need to be there and listen. Yeah. That's a good thing. We will put all of the books that inform this talk um, on our show notes page. Mm-hmm. Um, Grit, How to Raise an Adult, The Obstacle is the Way, Raising Humans, Resilience, The Gift of Failure, and Mindset for Parents, among others. But mm-hmm. those were our faves. And we would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Uh, if our words resonated, confused, infuriated, <laughs> inspired, um, anything, so reach out. Yeah. And we also want to encourage you to take your thoughts and notes from today and have your own conversation, either with us, like I said, or with your kid or your partner or your neighbor. Have a, a family meeting or bring it up over dinner on a date night or over drinks with a friend or something and just you know talking about our personal growth and parenting in general can be really scary but it's it's meaningful work and if you're here you're doing the work Mm -hmm. and we support you um this is just the practice of parenting and this is not something that we do perfectly all the time this is this is our practice this is our fail forward (laughs) approach to doing our best the best by us and the best for our kids right Visit our show notes for today's episode at upbringing.co forward slash struggle to check out the references and added links for context. And Mm -hmm. I think we're going to start also, which we haven't before and need to thank our techie renaissance dude, Alex, Mm, your husband for producing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Him for producing this podcast, editing music, all the things. Yeah. And I think we also want to thank our incredibly talented friends, Amber Okamura, who does our art and Mary Schroeder of making type, who does all of our fancy lettering. Yes. And lastly, thank you for being here. This is a messy and incredibly important job being a parent, but if you're here, you are doing the work. In fact, you're doing an amazing job because you're working so hard along the way. And we're so (laughs) proud of you. And as we always say, we're right here with you, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another, one conversation at a time. We're all growing up together. Till next time.